How's it everyone? Stefan Boetta here, Director of Rainmaker Marketing. Welcome to episode three of Your Key to Property. In this issue, Yasina Maharaj from SA Home Loans, as well as myself, will be talking about buyers and sellers markets and the in impacts of interest rates on the current market conditions. So thanks so much and enjoy and we'll see you again next week. Cheers. Danny Gaselli, East Coast Radio. All right, we welcome to the show Stefan Boerter, the director and founder of Rainmaker Marketing. Good to see you in the flesh. Good to see you too, Danny. Thanks for having me. We also have Yashina Maharaj from SA Home Loans. Yashina, how's it? Welcome back. Hey, Danny. It's awesome to be back. Thanks for having me. So here's the deal. Last week on the show, you got to ask our experts any question in the world, and they answered it before 2 p.m. So we missed a vital one last week. Yashina, this is for you. Hi, Danny. I hope you're good and well. Listen, I've got a question. What does a buyer's and a seller's market actually mean? Also, how do interest rate hikes impact all of this? Danny, very, very valid question. And I think often people confuse it and are unsure of which is which. So let me unpack that a little bit for you. The interest rates do play a vital role. In a rising interest rate market, we tend to say it's a buyer's market. So the property market impacts both your ability to sell and buy. This does boil down to supply and demand. It has a massive influence on the property market that determines whether it's a buyer or seller's market. In the current environment, we can say it's definitely a buyer's market. Sellers have been forced to lower their prices due to the economic and political factors that are at play. So residential property prices have dropped. So when house prices get too high, demand decreases and sellers are forced to lower their prices. And this is what determines or makes it a buyer's market. In a seller's market, we can look at the demand being higher and the supply is low. So, for example, if we looked at 2020 and 2021 when we came through COVID and interest rates really went quite low, then we found that buyers had to fiercely compete with each other for a limited number of homes and multiple offers then lead to a bidding war, offering the seller the best possible price. So, Stefan, my whole entire family are from Manchester. I was the only one born in South Africa, right? So they're always on my case about property-related questions. So I'm going to ask this to you. What kind of market are we seeing in South Africa at the moment when it comes to property and how does property fare as a preferred investment option? So, Danny, I think a very good question. I think it relates to what Yashina spoke about earlier. I think we need to take various factors like interest rates and stuff like that into consideration, but also remind ourselves of the fact that the interest rates are pretty much where we were pre-pandemic and that in every property cycle, you're going to go through cycles of property value appreciation and interest rates. And the reality is we're quite confident that we're going to see the interest rates stabilize and come down over time. But the reality is, is a saying that says safe as houses and it's there for a reason. And the, the property market nationally has various different areas. And um, we believe within KZN specific where we are staying right now, we have incredible pockets of excellence and we have capital appreciation because it continues to take over. And an interesting example would be if you had to look at them longer area, which is where we are right now, over a 10-year cycle, properties have appreciated on average by 94%. So the reality is someone who bought property 10 years ago has basically doubled their value. And then you start looking at secure estates, for example, the ones we know in Belito and those areas, the Simbitis, etc. They've seen capital appreciation over a 10-year period in excess of 10%, which means the guys have more than doubled their money. And you'd be very, very challenged to find any other investment class that's going to compete with that. I might be biased because I love property so much, but the reality is you have the ability and 
we'll talk about it in a second about gearing finance and to build wealth and for me there's no other way to to be able to build wealth and to be able to say you've got to look at it as a long-term thing and, and and especially when interest rates go up yes you do potentially have people who are forced to sell and it maybe has an impact but you also then see the rental market getting stronger because more people can't afford to buy so they have to rent which provides a really really good opportunity for those looking for investment properties where they want to get a tenant in who can help cover their monthly bond costs but also know they're getting capital appreciation at the same time so the other day i went to the shops to buy just bread and milk right and i was like can i pay on layby because just things are so expensive so in this economic crisis that we're going through do you think it's still better to purchase your home rather than rent i absolutely do i think we need to take into consideration that currently and again we talk about interest rates and so forth is that right now if you had to purchase versus rent you probably will be spending a bit more in terms of purchasing on a monthly basis when it comes to your payments on your mortgage bond depending on how much you've invested up front in terms of your deposit and so forth and especially if you take into consideration things like rates and taxes and levies and so forth but the reality is you've got to see it as an incredible investment that's going to gain in value and it does require people to sort of look at their household costs and expenditures and so forth and just bring down those elements for a while knowing that as an investment class you cannot beat property. Uh, Yoshino, what is the difference between a bond originator and a finance house? So Danny, that is something that people often confuse. A bond originator is almost a middleman between the client and the finance houses. So for example, a bond originator would work with the big four banks, take an application from an estate agent and submit it through to the banks. They will then wait for responses from each of the banks and present those offers through to the client or to the agent, depending who their business partner is. A finance house like SA Home Loans would be the actual company that does the financing, the vetting of the application and the offer. Some of the differences would be that you've got direct relationships with the finance house to present your financial status, to explain if there are any anomalies to the way you derive your income and get more or less a person that is making the decision to directly give you feedback. But if you work through a mortgage originator or a bond originator, they will then present that information through to the big four banks or wait for them to present it to their decision makers before you will get a response. What other benefits are there to having a bond once you've actually purchased a property? So Danny, I think Stefan also spoke about it earlier. It's very dependent on the deposit that you have put, the loan amount that you currently have. But some of the actual benefits are if you register a higher home loan when you take your initial bond. So let me give you an example. You've purchased a property at a million rand and the property value is probably around 1.1 or 1.2 million that you could sell the house for. You register a home loan at about 1.2 million. As time goes, you've got equity between that million and 1.2 to draw on depending on your affordability at that point in time. It gives you a 200,000 access facility. Alternatively, you're always in the driving seat with your home loan and if you put in additional lump sums of money or paying a little extra once you've done all your expenses for the month, that also accumulates as an access facility. 
this gives you immediate access to these funds at a lower interest rate over a longer period versus overdraft facilities, personal loans that are shorter termed and come at a higher interest rate. So you've got access to this for any life events, emergencies that could potentially happen. And that gives you that opportunity to get access to those funds. Yeah, Dan, if I could just add to that, I think obviously agree 100% what Jashina said there. The caveat around all of the discussions we're going to have around this key to property segment is, is around location and investments. So all these factors come into consideration. The fact that you've got to be very astute in terms of where you select, how you negotiate price, who you buy from, etc., etc. Location, location, location. We all know it. It's the old analogy, but it is so pertinent to everything. The most important thing we need to also realize is that you can have bad debt and you can have good debt. We see mortgage financing as being good debt in the sense that it's helping to build value, whereas credit card debt or, or retailer debt, whole different scenario altogether. The debt you get in terms of interest rates on mortgage financing is also the lowest form of debt you can possibly get. And I think we spoke about gearing and we spoke about various different other factors earlier. But the reality is, if you had to look at a, an analogy, I know um, Yashina used a million rand, for example. So you can put a million rand into a property, for example, but you're not spending a million rand, you're putting down a deposit of 100,000 rand as an example, if it's a 10% deposit. So had you put that 100,000 rand into a bank account, you would have got interest on that 100,000 rand, but it would have been tying up that 100,000 rand and you would only get the interest on that 100,000 rand. Whereas if you invest into property of a million rand, you're only paying a deposit of 10%, you're locking in the value of a million rand off your 100,000 rand deposit, but you're seeing capital appreciation off the million rand, which is secured as a result of getting your mortgage finance. And that is effectively the analogy of using up other people's money or gearing. And you cannot get that in any other asset class other than property. And that is the huge benefit. The other huge benefit is the fact that getting a mortgage finance is protecting you in the sense that especially there's certain requirements that need to be delivered on behalf of the seller. So there's certain things that the financing house will assess in terms of is it market related in terms of pricing? Has the seller delivered in terms of what they needed to do if it's an off-plan investment, for example? And it protects you heavily as opposed to investing in cash. If you had the ability, we all wish we could have the ability to invest in cash, but you're tying that cash up and you're not seeing the exponential returns, the gearing that you would or achieving financing through a financing house like SA Home Loans. You spoke about credit card debts a little bit earlier. How does that affect your credit score in terms of applying for a bond? So the reality is you do need to have a credit record. So if you have got credit card debt and you can and can service on a regular basis, that's obviously something the banks look at in terms of being able to show consistency. Even and if that, it's maxed, like you have, you've maxed your credit card, how does that affect it? No, it has to be manageable debt. And I think that right. your credit score is very much around the fact that you have maintained a really good record of being consistent in terms of your repayments. And I think that's where credit score is everything. I think people do not understand how important your credit rating is to basically everything in life. And how naive we are as youngsters when we open up these accounts and so forth, and we think, okay, well, we're not going to be too concerned about it because it all catches up in the end and that is it is so vitally important and i think yashina mentioned things like access bonds as an example if you can create a good credit score that allows you to get a bond it can change the way in which your life evolves in terms of being able to build value and you start servicing that bond and you have the ability to be able to access that bond to almost roll it into next investment or to be able to service costs and so forth so it really is a life change in a, in a circumstance but unfortunately so many people do not have the ability to be able to secure 
the purchase of a property because their credit record has hampered that. But you can go through various different ways to try and rehabilitate the process and so forth, but it takes time. Yashina, let's talk about rehabilitation. So someone on the WhatsApp line asked this last week. Say, for example, you've missed an installment on your car. How does that affect applying for a bond and how can you remedy that? So Steph has covered just now about the, your credit score and your ability to service your debt correctly because that's the track record that directly impacts your score. So missing a payment, especially on a vehicle or a credit card or a personal loan, negatively impacts your score. It drops it. So if you have missed one payment and you could go and make a manual payment and show proof of this, give a valid reason to the finance house of why that was skipped, chances are we can negotiate with the decision makers to offer you the loan. However, if you've skipped a few payments, you haven't caught it up, that's giving the finance house the impression that there is an affordability issue, there are problems with your finances, and we're not going to be keen to assist you. It's such an honor to be in the presence of such experts. It really is. So if you have a question for Yoshina or Stefan, please, now's your time to shine. And guess what? It's absolutely free. 061-792-9495. You'll have your question answered just before two o'clock today. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Stefan for joining us today. And Yoshina, you guys are absolute legends. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Danny. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Danny. Have a wonderful day. To listen to these moments and anything else you might have missed, go to ecr.co.za and click on podcasts.